0: This is Bible Man in a weekly video where we talk about Bible studies. Um, we are in week 18 or 19 of our study of the book of Revelation. We're to chapter 9. Um, we're going to cover all of chapter 9. Um, and this week we're going to be looking at kind of more the same, but from a different angle. I mean, that's very much where we're at in the study of Revelation. Uh, the book was written to be recapitulatory. It was written... Uh, so that you see the same thing three times. We call them septenaries. And so the first septenaries are the seals, um, the second one are the trumpets, and then the bowls. Um, But the thing to remember as we go through this is it's not just the same thing. Like John didn't write this just to be like, hey, I like repetition. He loved repetition. Read his letters, read his gospel. He likes to cycle through things over and over again. But the point here is to give you differing perspectives, because the way God makes things right, I mean that's what the story of Revelation is, right? It's God revealing this bigger reality than our own to encourage these Christians who are suffering on the outskirts of society, who are suffering at the hands of their government, at the hands of those who are in political and cultural power. Um, It was written to them to encourage them by showing them the bigger reality and how God is going to make things right. They lived in a world that was very wrong. Things were very broken just like the world we live in today Um, and so it's like this this is encouraging us but how God goes about making things right is probably the most complex thing in existence because right versus wrong on one hand is very simple but on the other hand is extremely complicated and so we're given three visions here to just show us that it's not as straightforward to give us different angles different perspectives On the fact that God, yeah, He's going to make things right. He's going to expose evil for what it is. He's going to purify the evil from the world. And His people are going to be brought through it safely. That's basically the point of Revelation, especially this middle and last section. Like... That's the point here. So, we're going to move at a little bit quicker sp- pace because we've seen a lot of the symbols, we've seen a lot of the themes already. And so, really, we're just, we're tr- this is more just about reinforcing that message that evil will be exposed, evil will be purified from the world, God will make all things right, and He will bring His people through it. All right, so, let's read chapter 9 of Revelation, reading from the Bible for Everyone translation, and uh, we'll break down what it means. So, starting in verse 1, it says this, The fifth angel blew his trumpet, I saw a star falling from heaven to the earth, and it was given the key to the shaft which leads down to the abyss. The shaft of the abyss was opened, and the smoke came out of the pit like the smoke from a great furnace. The sun and the air became dark with the smoke from the pit. And then out of that smoke there appeared locusts on the earth, and they were given authority like the authority of the scorpions on the earth. And they were told not to harm the grass on the earth, nor any plant or tree, but only those people who ha- did not have the seal of God on their foreheads. But then, when they were given instructions, then they were given instructions not to kill, but to torture them for five months. And their torture was like torture inflicted when a scorpion stings someone. In those days, people will look for death and won't find it, and they will long to die, and death will run away with from them. In appearance, the locusts looked like horses prepared for battle. They had what seemed to be crowns of gold on their heads, and their faces were like human faces. They had hair like women's hair, and their teeth were like lions' teeth. And they had breastplates like iron breastplates and the sound of their wings was like the noise of many horse-drawn chariots charging into battle. They have tails like scorpions' tails and stings as well, and their tails have the power to harm people for five months. And they have as their king the angel of the abyss, whose name in Hebrew is Abaddon, and whose name in Greek is Apollyon. The first woe has come and gone. The next two woes are on their way after this. Then the sixth angel blew his trumpet, and I heard a lone voice from the four horns of the golden altar in front of God, addressing the sixth angel who had the trumpet. Release the four angels, said the voice, the ones who were tied up by the great river the Euphrates. And so the four angels were released, and they had been prepared for this hour, day, month, and year, so that they would kill a third of the human race. The number of troops and horsemen was two hundred million, I heard the number, And as I looked, I saw how the horses and their riders appeared. They had breastplates made of fire and sapphire and sulfur, and their heads were like lion's heads, and fire and smoke and brimstone came out of their mouths. One-third of the human race was killed by these three plagues, by their fire, smoke, and sulfur that came out of their mouths. The power of the horses, you see, was in their mouths and their tails, since their tails are like serpents with heads. This is how they do their damage." All the other people, the ones who had not been killed in these plagues, did not repent of the things they had made. They did not stop worshiping demons, idols made of gold, silver, bronze, stone, and wood, which cannot see, hear, or walk. And they did, Nor did they repent of their murders, or their magic, or their fornication, or stealing. So, we see some chaotic stuff. If you've been with us this far, you know what this is all right john is being symbolic here this is not meant to be taken literal there's not going to be horses with snake tails running around this is all very symbolic that is john's style that is the genre he is writing in this is how he's choosing to convey what he's seeing i think he's seeing these things but i think the things are there as a conveyance for the deeper message we're in the part of the section of the septenary where god is purifying evil and so when we see things like the the pit right the pit if if you adopt my point of view, you have to ask yourself, well, what does that represent? Is there literally a pit somewhere no the the pit if we're looking at evil, what is evil? It's a bottomless pit, and where does that come from? It comes from the enemy, but it mostly comes from from humanity as well. We have a endless pit of evil, and so the message that John is portraying with the locust warriors is that we are going to be the source of our own destruction and that's really the theme throughout it when we look at the 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 beast and we look at the dragon and we look at the harlot they destroy themselves their seeds of destruction are sown from within that is the message here that is being portrayed the bottomless pit of of human corruption and brokenness is the the de- the, the seeds of its own destruction and so these these locust warriors are are there to to show us that are there to show us and corrupt us and purify us and expose humanity except God's people. Those who are sealed, and we talked about the sealed several weeks ago, but Christians are sealed through baptism in the Holy Spirit. Those who are sealed are brought safely through this exposing of evil and this purifying of evil. And and again, as we talked about in those weeks, that doesn't mean we we don't get hurt. That doesn't mean we don't suffer. That doesn't mean we don't die it means we're brought through it and we're brought through it to spend eternity with the father. And so we we have this this story, this this vision of this the world being turned upside down. The world being completely flipped on its head and everything just being messed up. We see that right now. Right? I I very firmly am in the the camp of the folks that think we're in the midst of it all. I think there'll be a, a ramping up in the end. The Thessalonians tells us that and Revelation tells us that, but that we've been in the end times from the beginning. Evil has been let loose. I mean, if you look at what has happened post the death of Christ versus pre, yeah, there's no no comparison. The world was was brutal back then. Don't don't get me wrong, but the world is continually evil and and broken and and Killing itself and manipulating the economies, of, like the just think of the terms of the four riders. We talked about that last week. Like, so I'm not going to recap it again. But we just, I, I really see this everywhere we look. We see evil is let loose. Evil is, is in the driver's seat. I mean, it's what Jesus said. The ruler of this world is the Satan, but he's not going to have his throne long. Jesus is going to take it from him. And so we're just we're seeing that again here. We're seeing God purifying his world of evil so that's that's what will come that's what will happen is the corruption the brokenness the things that don't live up to the designs and standards of god they'll be done away with so uh the this pit smoke comes out locust things there so who is their king their king of these locust things are uh, Ab- abaddon which means place of destruction or apollyon which means destroyer the job is to Purify evil, but not annihilate evil, right? We see at the end that there's still evil left There's still people who reject God at the end. Um, But this also sounds exactly like what we read um, in chapter 6 Where it says, As I looked, he opened the sixth seal, and there was a great earthquake, the sun turned black like sackcloth, the whole moon became like blood, and the stars were falling from heaven onto the earth as when a fig tree shaken by a strong wind drops its late fruit. The heaven disappeared like a scroll being rolled up, and every mountain and island was moved out of its place. The kings of the earth, the leading courtiers, the generals, the rich, the power brokers, and everyone slave and free, all hid themselves among the caves and rocks of the mountains. Fall upon us, they were saying to the mountains, rocks, hide us from the face of the one who sits on the throne from the anger of the Lamb. And the day of their anger has come, and who can stand upright? So we see there the same thing. That God is causing a great calamity, a great purifying of the brokenness of this world. And those who refuse God are the ones who are suffering through it. We're we're seeing a recapitulation. Let's move on. So trumpet six is blown. Alright, that was Trumpet 5. This is Trumpet 6. Trumpet 6, we see four angels let loose. What does four represent? Four represents all of creation. The four beings with the four different types of faces. All of creation. Anytime you see four in Revelation, it means all of creation. So we see four angels who are tied up to the great river Euphrates to be let loose. Again, during God's great purifying of evil. Um, so we have these four angels set loose who are set about to do the purifying. Um, and four they're the, the four... All parts of creation just means they're going to go everywhere. There's no safe place to hide from them. Um, and then the, it ta- describes a battle with these horses with snake tails and stuff like that. Again, it's all symbolic. It's it's there to show the battle between good and evil that has been waging from way back, <laughs> right? Like this is the battle, and it, it it builds up intensity closer to the end of the battle. That's why it says that the number was too many. It just it, it's a it's a hyper hyperbolic number or maybe that's the wrong word but it is a number that is just massive to show the scale of the battle between good and evil that we think doesn't exist half the time but we don't pay attention to we see this here we see it ramping up and then we get to the end and we look at what matters what matters from all of this and that's verses 20 and 21 where it says all the other people the ones who had not been killed in these plagues did not repent of the things they had made they did not stop worshiping demons idols made of gold silver bronze stone and wood which you cannot see hear or walk and nor did they repent of their murders or their magic, their fornication or their stealing. The goal of the locusts, the goal of all the calamities, is repentance. That's the goal here. Like this is one of the few sections that we see in Revelation that that God is, in in a a, a second kind of way, John is talking about God's feelings towards outsiders. The goal here is that they be, they become part of God's people, not their annihilation, not their destruction the offer is on the table throughout all of revelation until the very end there's always another chance there's always a second chance for them to come and accept jesus that's the goal here but yet even despite all this they still refuse and we see that every single day we see people who will go through awful things and they'll go through things where it's like that had to be god working in your life and no so don't be discouraged. Don't be discouraged when people don't, don't turn to God. It's, it's been going on. It's biblical. And basically what I think is happening here is, is uh, I don't remember who came up with this idea. I read it in a couple commentaries. But the idea is you become what you worship, right? And so people who don't worship God, they don't know love, right? God is love, so they don't know love. Instead, they know things that are cold, and they know things that are distant. They know things that are broken. They know things that are lifeless. And they become those things because that's what they worship. Evil comes from idolatry, and you become what you worship. So let this week's study motivate you. Motivate you to have the same motivation God has to help lead others to repentance, to help lead others into the life that you have, because that's what matters. If have any questions, reach out, otherwise.